Okay, we are now recording. Oh, I can see that. Cool. <clears throat> Welcome to Multiple Offers, a real estate show with competing perspectives. Today, we are talking about how the coronavirus is affecting the real estate market. What are you, some kind of real estate agent? Oh, We're not doing that part, are we? I, I don't know if we're cutting that in or, or what. We can decide that. Uh, doing it live. Yeah, doing it live. The US song too, so probably not the right one. So guys, this is a little bit different today. It's it's nice to see your faces. I'm I'm going a little stir crazy. That, yeah, I saw Jer last week, but like Jeff, I haven't seen you in like a month. Yeah, I I was I've probably been working from home for about three weeks now. I was I was in the office a little bit over the last couple of weeks, but just to I had to clear out keys. They they asked us to not be keeping keys in the office anymore. Oh, yeah. And um, uh, went and picked up some checks and turned in some paperwork, and that's been that's been about it. How about you guys? What's uh, what does life in the apocalypse look like for you? Oh, I haven't stopped working um, just because we didn't. We had some people that needed right when things kind of hit the fan. Um, some people that needed needed housing. <laughs> yeah. So Jerry's uh, had a lot of work to do. I, I, and not, this isn't a, a bragging thing, but just to give, because it is a bit of a, a barometer in some ways. Um, but we've done, just did the tally, five firm deals in the past four weeks and two uh, in conditions right now. Wow, you guys have been busy. So still, still kind of plugging, <laughs> plugging away and not because of any sort of marketing efforts or trying to be working. I was, I was in some ways looking forward to having some um, isolating time. I only chuckle there because we haven't been busy. Jeremy's been busy. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I've had a few more people engage me recently though. So now that we kind of understand how we can safely engage in the market, um, I can, I can interact a little more. I was doing spring break with the kids. I grew a beard. I'm going to fix my hair now. Is I'm really disappointed. Like, we I didn't get tell. to see Matt's beard. Yeah. Yeah. Hair? No, no, I, 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 we thought we'd maybe introduce the beard on the show last week. Uh, I couldn't make it. No, I like that none of us none of us are wearing hats. Um, feeling a little self conscious about hats lately. I just want to make it a little more classy on this show. <laughs> this is the first time I put on a collared shirt in days. <laughs> I feel like are we wearing the same shirt? Feels like that. We're pretty close. Yeah. No. Yeah. I went with something dark in case I spilled food on it. <laughs> so should we talk about what real estate looks like now? I mean, it was kind of interesting the uh bc government did declare real estate an essential service uh which i don't know about you guys but i was really stressed a couple weeks ago um not so much because they might close real estate down but if land titles closed um i i've got five people kind of moving into new places this month that's what i've been doing is mostly yeah, i'll, I'll tell you that never scared me because I just, I couldn't foresee a scenario where the government could really close things down that tightly that you couldn't have just basic land transfers happening. So that, that was never a worry for me. It was just a, would we be able to conduct new business? And uh, now we've, we've adjusted, the fear has passed and we've found ways to feel comfortable conducting business if we need to. Um, the need has been limited for me so far, but it seems to be growing. The, the sub fear to whether they were gonna close land titles down I think that the more realistic fear number two was when they said um, no more evictions for the first couple of weeks until it got clarified. The question was, well, what about people who 
are moving into a new place. And, you know, the whole point of no evictions is they don't want anybody stuck without a home right now. But when they first announced it, it was like, okay, but you've got person A bought home number one and is moving into it. If the tenant decides not to leave, you've still got a homeless person. You, it's the person who bought it, which they did clarify that going back, it that stuff all stands. But for a couple of weeks, like I had everybody moving into tenanted properties, calling and making cool. sure... Um, that those tenants actually were going to leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't. Ha- I didn't have the fear. I didn't. I. W- I didn't have any. All the tenants moved out of places that we had that were tenanted. Um, we have one buyer that gave notice before pre sort of COVID. Um, so I did check in yesterday because that completion's coming up in a couple weeks, just to make sure. Like, hey, were they able to find something? Because everyone was kind of on lockdown. You had people saying, "I don't want anyone in my home." So, so it became a challenge. My my biggest fear, aside from obvious virus uh, issues, um, was was completions are coming up where you don't know if the people have a job or not. And we heard stories of people calling, getting, you know, the bank has the right to call before they fund that property, that purchase and see like, you know, call HR. Are you still working? Does this person have a job? Are they laid off? Um, so there was that, that whole thing that I was, I was worried and the domino effect that maybe the place that they sold the buyer on that place. So there's just so many moving parts with real estate. And if, if you start getting people, you know, not working and not being able to fund purchases, it can have a, a huge snowball effect. That's, that's very real. I, I was talking to someone who was laid off and they had a completion coming up and they called their lawyer and moved their uh, signing date with the lawyer to before the layoff took effect. Like their boss had told them they were laying them off at the end of the week. They went in on a couple days before they were laid off so that they could honestly say, no, I am employed and signed off on paperwork because I guess the lawyer had warned them that that would be part of the process is checking. Are you still employed? And I don't know about you guys. I've been calling a lot of, of people and, I mean, there's a ton of laid off people right now. It's, it's massive. Yeah. One thing I would, I would add to that, Jeff, I remember you brought that up. It feels like maybe two weeks ago now mm-hmm. uh, from one mortgage broker we work with. I've heard that are actually looking to honor mortgages that were approved, even though maybe people have been laid off or will be laid off. Mm-hmm. Like they're, so, so you don't, some people may not need to rush to make that declaration. So I would say if you're working with a mortgage broker who looks out for your interest, they can kind of dig around and find out what those specifics are for the consumer without maybe getting you into too much trouble. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. And and if, if you're working with a mortgage broker versus the bank, that mortgage broker works for you. They're on team, team you. So communication, I think if you're in a tough spot is really important, uh, knowing that they're on your side, they're going to try and help you. Yeah, so there's, there's a lot of nuance of what's going on. I should forward you the email I saw because it's actually, there's some interesting clarification, but it's, I kind of stay out of it. I'm actually interested to hear from you, Jeff, because I think you said you have some of the stats for us on March. Now, March was what? Half of March, we were kind of picking up, <laughs> picking up and going good. And then the second half of March was making everything change. So what do you, what do you got for Yeah, I mean, if, if you were to look at our March without any context, it would just look really good. <laughs> like there's um, comparing March 2020 to March 2019 in New West, there were uh, 269 home sales. A year ago, there were 108. 
So, I mean, way better. And like average price was up about uh, in, in houses, it went from 1.115 to 1.2 in condos, uh, smaller gain, but still a gain, 525 to 547. Um, the average prices being negotiated off is, is a little higher on houses. People are, 4% is being negotiated off on houses. It was three and a half a year ago. Only 1% was negotiated off on condos and it was about two and a half a year ago. So, I mean, without any context, the stats are great. Um, <laughs> my, my fear is exactly what you said, Matt, that the first half, we were, we were having a really hot market. Um, up until this happened. And I, I wonder if the first half of March's stats kind of cooked the books a little bit and kind of padded the stats. I think April will be really telling. Definitely. Or Jer will just sell all the condos <laughs> and, uh, and, and keep everything propped up. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I get, we get asked this like all the time what people we think is going to happen. Like no one knows like we've never been through this before. We've never had this, this level of unemployment with, with the layoffs, although a lot will be temporary. Um, you know, we talk about on the food side, like all the restaurants that have been closing down. We don't know if they're going to even open back up. Um, you know, some have made concessions and made sort of, you know, found creative ways to deal with this and still sort of sell some food. Um, but uh, we don't we don't really, really know. And I mean, one thing I've been kind of watching um, we haven't seen like there's been a couple articles uh, that have sort of been like the doomsday articles. Like we're going to see a collapse. So we, like we've never seen, we're going to, this is going to be like the depression. Um, you know, who knows what's going to happen with that, but we haven't seen the buyer confidence shift, the seller confidence shift. We haven't seen a big flooding of inventory on the market. So I think in terms of the, the, the real estate psyche that's out there, the people they're, it, they're still okay with listing their place and still looking and still buying. I'm not seeing a huge, um, you know, like in terms of like the sales price ratio, how much are people getting off of their, their purchase? Everyone's, you know, sellers are kind of sticking to their guns. There's a bit of this notion that, well, if I, you're selling right now um, and you're buying right now, it's kind of for the same reasons. <laughs> so it's this mutual kind of uh, phenomenon that's scenario that's going on. Um, so we're not seeing, you know, these huge drops. Like I'm not seeing a huge change in pricing. Have, have you guys launched any new listings? since this started two. Two. our one 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 listed and sold with like first showing um and one a new one coming up soon but uh yeah and how has your marketing changed around it we didn't really have a chance to do much marketing for that one hey matt oh no um so we just i mean you you no, you don't price aggressively, but you price fair and it seems to get a response as long as it's, it's kind of like any sort of softer market, the good stuff is selling at the right price. And when the good ones come on, um, you know, you can stick to your guns on, on price and usually there, there's someone will buy it for somewhere around there. Like we, we say that all the time, but if it's, if it's good class A kind of property, uh, people will purchase it right now. I'll speak to two things. Uh, one sort of the marketing process and how it's different right now for the one that we're going to launch next week and two just calling back a little bit about what we've seen in the market recently um, with our listing coming up next week what's different is we are trying to now we've always done video a fair amount of video but we're going to do even more you know we're going to take the video camera into the closet <laughs> you know 
make sure that no stone is left unturned so people can see as much as they want to while they're in there. And, uh, and just coming back, speaking a little bit to where the market is right now, I wanted to say that I've noticed that a lot of properties we're calling on are selling quickly uh, in the first couple of days. Um, some of them are getting into multiple offers, pricing those all over the map. I called on a townhouse the other day. It was asking $7.95. It had only been on the market for a week. and I thought maybe I'd get to see it. And the response back I got was it sold unconditional. Hmm. But asking $7.95, unconditional, it sold for $7.60. Oh, wow. Wow. That's a different result. Kind of weird. So there's a lot of these weird little sort of things here and there, but generally it seems there's an appetite to buy. Um, and with our new listing, I'm very curious to see how people buy into it with all the video content that's there. So, so we'll add that in. Um, I'm also curious to hear from you guys, because Jeff, you've had active listings since before this happened. Jerry, you've been doing showings. Listeners, viewers, how should they informed here about the way that we're doing showings how is this being facilitated yeah that's that's really interesting and one thing when you're talking about doing video and looking in the closets and stuff um the video has become a lot more important and a tool that i was using for a long time but i can't believe how much more important it is right now is um 360 tours uh so for people who don't know this is where you photograph the house with a 360 camera and you essentially create like a Google Maps or Google Earth uh, view where you, the person can walk around the home um, before they ever see it. And I get all the analytics. Like we had a listing that we launched the week before this. Normally on a listing, I'm expecting somewhere around 300 people to use those 360 tours. We had over 900 people check it out. Um, when we launched it and we've actually turned that into a first showing request. So um, a request comes in on, on the home. Uh, the first thing that happens is we send them an email saying, Hey, uh, you know, in order to lower the amount of people coming through this home, we'd like you to take a look at this 360 tour first. And if you love it and want to take a look, after that, uh, we'll have a little questionnaire for you on your health. And as long as everything's good, we'll be happy to bring you through. Now, you guys know as well as I do, but this might come as a surprise to some of the listeners. Even if you have a gangbusters home, I would say only about one in 20 people who look at it are going to love it, even if it's amazing. Um, and so these 360 tours are actually really cutting down the number of showings because I follow up a day afterwards and I... I say, hey, you know, did, did your buyers, if it's another realtor or if it's a direct buyer, like, do you still want to see it or whatnot? And a lot of times they're like, oh, no, the kitchen didn't work for us. Or, oh, we looked in that master bedroom closet and it's a little too small. Or we really wished that all three of the bedrooms were on the top floor together. Like all of these reasons that if they had walked through the home, they wouldn't have bought it. We're kind of handling those objections beforehand. And it's weird. Like all of a sudden I feel like my job is to reduce the number of showings, which is a strange feeling as a realtor. Yeah. Well, and we've always known that most people who come through aren't going to love it, but sometimes people who maybe wouldn't have fallen in love with it on the internet will fall in love with it in person. So our message to clients has always been, oh, bring as many people in live people as possible uh, because you never know when someone's just going to click and connect with it. So it is, a, is definitely a big reversal to say we're trying to talk people 
out of coming to see it in person, trying to get them to fall in love with it in the internet. We came across one, Jer was interested, I had people interested, where the agent showed no one in person and did a multiple offer and the off, accepted offer would be subject to then viewing the property in person. What, was that in New Westminster? Yeah, it was uh, on the Key, Laguna. That, that's surprising because I've been talking to some agents in Vancouver and a lot of them in Vancouver are doing that. I hadn't seen it in New West yet. She's a Van- No, she's not a Vancouver agent. She's Fraser Valley. Yeah. Um, either way, her client didn't really want people in there. Yeah. <laughs> and- I, found, I found that we had a lot of that early on, like two weeks ago. Yeah. Of the, like, the sky is falling. This disease is everywhere. We're all going to get it. So like, I don't want any of you people in my house. And it's just sort of bad timing for them to be on the market if that was the case. But they just, they really froze up. Um, and it was hard. But for the most part, the show, because I've been touring quite a bit with people. Um, it's a lot of sanitizing, a lot of hand washing, um, two people in the elevator, don't touch anything. Um, just a lot more precautions, but I have, I feel like it's only maybe 10% of the listings I try and show that potentially have someone that's doing the Jeff model of like, look at all this stuff first before you, I, I'm even going to open the door for you. Well, I, I would think, Jer, that a lot of people aren't even set up for it, you know? Um, I kind of had all of it already in place beforehand and it's, I, I can tell you almost every agent I send it to their response is, Oh my God, thank you so much. Like our model has changed too, right? Like realtors don't want to be showing more homes than they have to right now. Well, a lot of times our clients are, are kind of, we, we set up these auto searches and it's really easy for clients. to like, they look on their own sites, you know, we go through the trouble making the search and they, they still want to do things on their own and be more hands-on. So they're not doing that research. I mean, you're talking about bedroom account, like, oh, it's not three bedrooms on one floor. Um, like people could just look at the floor plans, but you have agents that don't put the floor plans. Like it's in the document link. So it's not actually available to the public um, instead of rather, you know, being in the pictures like that in general, like I'm trying to think of positive things to come out of this, um, getting, getting knowledge of the floor plan ahead of getting out to see the property. Like we could streamline everything based totally. on, checking some of these boxes that we didn't, you know, didn't need COVID. We don't need Matterport's um, 3D, 360 tours to, to see if a floor plan's bad. Um, I'm really hesitant about making those kind of real estate decisions without actually being physically present because they don't, things are skewed. It doesn't tell the whole story. There's, there's kind of just a lot going on. Um, but if that filters out a lot of the, the tire kickers, then, then sure. Oh yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. I, I believe, I mean, you're making probably the biggest investment of your life. You've got to physically see it at some point. But if you're going to be like, oh, I hate this kitchen, you know, you can probably eliminate those people. Before yeah. well, they ever come most of my people would probably, unless they knew that they knew this floor plan, like if we're talking about a condo or knew this, this house specifically, it was just like the holy grail for them they're probably not going to want to be involved in the subject to viewing. Like it's kind of a hassle. If there's a, if there's a, if there's a handful of properties that work for them, they're like, that seems a little bit much to me. I understand though, if you, if you have a family, you've got, they're susceptible to, to the virus or they've got, you know, health issues and things like that. I understand that, that extreme precaution, but um, in general, as like, this is how I'm going to handle all real estate transactions subject to viewing. I think it's a bit crazy. Yeah. And I mean, it's a, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be launching a listing that well, I'm, I'm launching a listing on Monday and 
I'm not planning to try and get people to do subject to viewing, especially mm -hmm. because, you know, yeah. you could go through this whole process and then they view it and it's not right for them. Like it it's just a little, it's a little too, too limiting. Um, that's another thing that's kind of interesting about now. Like we used to try and list places on Monday and Tuesday or so, you know, you'd have the bulk of the listings come up and it was always kind of annoying. Like, people listing places on Friday and just get gets missed. People don't even know, know about the open house. Um, but a good chunk of that was for timing for open house. <laughs> I, I had that too. Like, I do. was talking through with a client like, oh, we got to get it ready for Monday. We got to get it ready for Monday. And then I realized why we don't have an open house to market to. We're not allowed to do open houses. Um, and I think that's right. We don't want just like 30 random people who, you know, just wandered off the street coming through the home. Um, but yeah, the, the whole schedule of real estate is is totally different. Well, I still think people who are going to be making a purchase decision are like, and they have very busy Monday to Fridays. Yep. So their opportunity to see it in person, I think, is still on the weekend. Um, but they want to do their research to decide if they want to see it in the week leading up to it. So I think there's actually still a ton of value in, in prioritizing listing on the Monday or Tuesday. Um, because I mean, I, I, a lot of, a lot of families are, are out there even looking. And, uh, I mean, for me, like I am overwhelmed Monday to Friday right now, fitting in work and then maintaining mental health of all the people in my house and then facilitating schoolwork with the kids. It is a full day. So mm -hmm. counterpoint to that, if I look back at the showings I had last week huh? and there were a fair bit of, of showing requests that came through. Uh, every one of them came during the day midweek. Hmm. Like it was just like, I think there are a lot of people who aren't working their regular hours. And I think there's a lot of people who are working from home who are like, well, I could sneak out for it. <laughs> oh, that's fair. Less that's account true. Less accountability. Yeah. I know Matt's saying that, but our, our next listing's going off, going live on Wednesday. So, we got a couple of days before the weekend. Um, yeah, I, I still think Friday's a weird day to launch a listing. Yeah, well, and, and you yeah, want just time for things need to percolate, and, and then you kind of reevaluate after the weekend to see if anybody's interested to make an offer. Um, so, I mean, what it sounds like is sellers and buyers who are engaged in the marketplace, they've adjusted. There, yeah. There's an acceptance, there's been an adjustment, there's definitely activity happening. A lot of people watching and listening are wondering, is it going to come to a head where things all come tumbling down? Are there going to be a lot of foreclosures or distressed sales, those types of things? We've even seen it in our work group chats where people are like, hey, anybody got anything that's a fire sale? I can jump in and get a good deal. You know, what do you say to people looking for that ha happening? I, I haven't noticed, um, I, none of our clients have been the predatory type. Um, our phone, you know, I haven't had any, I haven't had any phone calls, you know, phones ringing saying like, now I'm just going to buy something right now because it's dirt cheap. Think Not yet. Do you think though, um, Jeff, that the market is going to be seeing some sort of collapse where there will be these, these massive price drops? So I am. Um, the, the one thing that makes me a little fearful, um, I've, I follow a guy out of uh, Toronto. He's an, an awesome guy. Um, he does a ton of business in the kind of downtown core of Toronto. And he's been posting that their numbers have been dropping quite significantly. Now, Toronto has like 9,000 cases of Corona the last time I checked versus BC was under 2,000 the last time I checked. So they've been hit a lot harder. 
But I mean, just like this is what he just posted. Uh, uh, last year, average price was nine thirty-two for properties sold in Toronto between April first and April thirteenth. Uh, there were several million uh, sale. There were some high-numbered sales, which skews the number. Our median numbers this year are seven seventy-three. I never look at I never look at average median pricing. He, well, it's a story, so it disappeared. But he also had number of sales, and those numbers were down massively too. But I yeah. don't have the actual and inventory. Inventory. I mean, you look at our inventory number, and we're still like, well, for March, low. Like that's the interesting thing. No, but that's the thing is our sales were like huge compared to last year. Um, maybe inventory was was down, which is why the sales were so huge. So very much supply and demand. Yeah. Uh, market so um my, my point is just we could get there like I, I don't want this to all be oh everything's amazing um everything's way better than i think we all expected it to be no it's a horrible time yeah right now <laughs> yeah <laughs> but my counterpoint to that jeff is that that circumstance in toronto is relative to a health scare and currently we're on a trajectory that we won't have a massive health scare in BC, but we are going to have a large economic um, issue. And it does the economic issue cause distress sales? Because as long as we're out there feeling safe to conduct business, and that's what's happening right now, we are safely conducting business, that can happen. It's going to take an economic driver to, to change prices. And I'm curious if that is something that, I think the consumers are expecting that to happen. You know, yeah, and, foreclosures. And that, and that very well could, right? Like, um, uh, one of my favorite pubs in Vancouver just closed their doors permanently. They said they can't afford to come back. After, yeah, I read about that. Even after um, this is done. And their post, and I don't know if it's true or not, is that uh, up to 75% of Vancouver restaurants uh, that are not chains uh, could end up closing their doors. Now, I hope that estimate is high. Um, although I've heard numbers very similar from people who work on New West City, uh, for New West City, that they're sort of bracing themselves for numbers similar to that of small businesses to go out of business. If that happens, we're in a lot of trouble. I, I really hope that we're all back to work before it gets to the point where people can't afford to reopen the doors. I think if people can reopen the doors when this all goes back to normal, then we're going to come back to a pretty strong, healthy market. But, you know, if, if nobody has jobs, it'll, it'll get really ugly. The powers that be seem to be starting the prep work of how do we do a slow, soft, soft opening, soft, yeah. soft rollout. Um, and, and so, I, I mean, I've, I've had a fair amount of faith in, in how things have been handled. Um, I mean, just look at our, our COVID numbers, I guess, are, I've been okay compared to yeah. some of the other, other areas. So, um, and, you know, in terms of economic stimulus and interest rates, and we'll probably potentially see more cuts to interest rates. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, they will do everything they can to try and prop up the economy. It's not going to save everyone. Um, but that economic fallout is going to be the thing to watch over the next, uh, next month or so. Did, did any of you see what the announcement was right before I got on this call? Um, apparently there was some new measures that are being released to sort of yep. help, help stimulate. Fat what? knows. Fat Matt knows. Yes, Fat Matt. 
my wife is a news junkie, so I, I, get, the, I get the info. Uh, actually, I caught it. She was out. Uh, one of them was that there's been a lot of pushback for folks who are working part-time and are getting some income. They didn't qualify for any support, so they've modified that. Oh, if, if your income is less than $1,000 a month, you will qualify for support. Hmm. So that was one. Uh, another uh, major stimulus was that they're going to look at giving a lot more support to the long-term care facilities. And I didn't catch all the nuances of that, but again, it's similar to what BC did, but it's across the country now to make sure that there's enough uh, <coughs> cash there to allow those workers to stay at just one facility. Mm -hmm. Th those are the two new things today. Um, and with, effectively with that $1,000 a month coming in, it puts almost everyone who was working into a bucket that they can now claim some sort of support if they're not earning enough to, to pay some bills. Well, and talking to people who have been laid off, the majority of them have found getting the funds that are being made available a fairly easy process, which shocking is pretty cool yeah oh, totally oh shocking. but but they're going to get audited if they have falsely answered any of those questions they're getting that they're having to give that money back <laughs> um sorry we just got a notification on the screen it distracted me yeah, yeah. um it, it's the fine print right and just like be be careful this isn't just free money same thing with like the mortgage payment deferrals um it's not quite uh you're going to pay yeah. interest on that interest. Not quite the golden ticket that I, a lot I, of people sort of thought they were getting. That, that's actually worth talking about. So I, I did the math. My mortgage is with Scotia. And uh, I've got about uh, $600,000 on, on my mortgage. And I did the quick math. And if I was to take a deferral for about um, uh, for six months, the interest added would cost me about $10,000 over the lifetime of the mortgage. And it would uh, add about $50 a month to my payments. Now I might've made some mistakes. Uh, my mortgage math is not, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, we have to learn that stuff when we get our real estate license, but uh, it seemed to me like, you know, and I mean, 50 bucks a month is not nothing for people who are scraping by, but if you need that to get you through, um, and I, I think the other thing too is, uh, you know, you, you can pay down your mortgage a certain amount every, every year so that when the renewal comes down, maybe it's not as bad, but I, I was just kind of looking at the options of what that looked like. And it, cer it certainly beats destroying your, your credit. Yeah. <laughs> Let's let's talk. Let's maybe close this out here for people. We've talked about the support systems that are out there, Jeff. We're talking about you considering deferring your mortgage. Maybe people are wondering about what's going on with us personally, because we're talking about how we're working, but we're doing limited business. Um, and as far as we know, we don't qualify for these support mechanisms. And maybe for people who don't understand that, that's because for a deal we did two months ago, we may be still waiting for a paycheck a month later than today. And as long as a paycheck is coming or you get paid in some sort of interval, uh, we don't qualify. Even if after we get that paycheck a month from now, we don't work for six weeks, we don't have income coming for two months after. Yeah. So for anybody who's listening, wondering about us, how are we all doing? I think I'm going to be okay. We've been lucky. Yeah. I mean, lucky enough that real estate's still happening, but, um, yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, I, I, I haven't done any deals for about a month. I'm bored. I like really bored. I'm used to being a pretty busy guy. 
Um, but I, I'm really lucky. I, I had an absolutely fantastic start to the year. So I, I was ahead of my goals for what I was trying to do. Um, so I, I think by the time this comes out, I'll probably be at about where my goal was, even though, you know, I might have a month or two of not doing any business. So, um, I'm very grateful that, that, uh, I'm not feeling financial pressure on top of everything else that's going on. <laughs> yeah. We're just fortunate for us. And I guess when you say that, Jeff, when things come back, that's the last thing people maybe need to know is that we expect it to come back, uh, with a flurry of activity and probably some upward pressure on prices. Hard to know how much pressure because people may be conservative having uh, been uh, financially stressed for a few months leading into it. Yeah, I mean, if, if people are still working and we're not in a like national unemployment crisis, I'm expecting us to have sort of a delayed spring market that will we'll get a lot of what was looking to happen in our uh, right now yeah. in sort of July, August. And I, I think there were a lot of people getting ready to make a move. Um, and all those people, even other than Jer's clients, the majority of those people have put their plans on hold. Uh, I was going to mention that though, the seasonality of it. Yeah. We, in some ways, we're kind of fortunate that this happened somewhat early on because we potentially still have May to start the wheels of recovery and June. And it's still like a normal time to be busy in real estate. That's a best case scenario, but... Yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll eat my words if I'm wrong. I don't think things will be back to normal by May. I, I, I think June would be a, a very early hopeful uh, time, but I, I think we'll be feeling this through May. Yeah, well, probably. A, a long time to come, there's going to be, there's going to be fallout, right? But yeah. Well, and, good and, to see your faces, guys. Yeah. Are you signing us off? Is this it? Yeah, I think I think we gotta we gotta kind of wrap. But if you got something lined up for next week, or is that a maybe right now? Um, yeah, we we've got to confirm a time, but uh, we've got a agent out of Toronto um, who's been getting in touch with us about maybe coming on the show, and uh, he's a pretty impressive guy. So uh, I, I don't want to tease it too much, just in case it doesn't work out. But we will be back next week, um, either with our special guest or with something else, and. Um, if any of you guys out there want to get a hold of Matt or Jer, uh, they are the New West Guys. You can reach them at thenewwestguys.com. If you want to reach me, Jeff McLennan, I'm at realestatenewwest.com. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay, I am going to end the recording.